My name is Carla Aguilar. I am the chief of party for the responsive governance activity in Colombia. We have noticed through our intervention on governance and democracy at the very local level that if we do not include uh, inclusion in the equation, uh, we cannot build long-lasting uh, peace in Colombia. From DAI's International Development Team, I'm Megan Howe, and you're listening to The Practice of Partnership, a podcast about how local partnership is the cornerstone of sustainable, impactful development. On this episode, we look at how local partnerships in Colombia are driving inclusive governance, strengthening democracy, and helping a fragmented society heal after decades of conflict. As we've discussed so far, local partnerships are critical to growing economies, boosting businesses, and driving the net zero agenda forward. But partnerships are also important for rebuilding trust within communities, strengthening democratic processes, and supporting transparency and rule of law. In Colombia, the country's strong tradition of democracy has been put to the test by decades of armed conflict. Over the last 50 years, thousands were murdered and millions of people were affected by violence. Colombia uh, was battered by armed conflict for over 50 years. Uh, while data may vary depending on the source, some sources indicate that the war has left as many as 220,000 dead and up to 25,000 disappeared. Up to 5.7 million Colombians were displaced, mainly those living in poor and rural areas. According to the National Victims Registry, from those displaced or victims of violence, close to 1.2 million were Afro-Colombian and uh, indigenous peoples. The way uh, the war affected women as victims is also huge. Uh, same, uh, same registry indicates that almost 4.8 million of Colombian women were victims in different forms. The scale and breadth of the conflict bred mistrust between the government and people. Uh, the conflict, as you may know, was initially with two groups in the front, the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, known by its Spanish acronym FARC, and the National Liberation Army, ELN. Along the 50 years the conflict lasted, other actors had emerged and get involved, such as the paramilitaries. Uh, the signing of the peace agreement in 2016 between the FARC and the government of Colombia bring uh, several commitments to make historic changes in the country. While the peace was signed, uh, the social fabric and the trust between citizens and their authorities uh, remain fragile. Colombia and national institutions are in general stable and strong, but as a cost, contrast, uh, local institutions are not uh, strong when it comes to the most rural and poor communities where Afro-Colombians and indigenous peoples live. As Carla alluded to, ethnic and economic inequalities, paired with disparities in public services and democratic representation, have fueled much of the conflict and division. 
For example, armed groups were often fueled by feelings of exclusion from the democratic processes. Rural indigenous and Afro-Colombian communities began to mistrust the government following historical marginalization and a lack of public service provision. And significant economic inequality across the country drove feelings of anger, injustice, and mistrust toward government institutions. When it comes to rural, indigenous, and Afro-Colombian communities, this uh, level of inequities became bigger, and those communities still need special attention. According to the Gini coefficient, a measure of economic inequality, Colombia is ranked as the 11th most unequal country in the world. That means those at the very top have considerably more wealth than those at the bottom. For comparison in 2021, the country's poorest quintile held just over 3% of total income, while the richest quintile held over half. These types of inequalities can drive populations to mistrust or commit violence against the state, weakening a country's democracy. So how can local partnerships help reduce inequalities and build trust? Local partnerships help drive three crucial factors for stronger democracy. Better accountability and transparency, better public services, and stronger civic participation and inclusion of minority groups. Two USAID projects in Colombia, Partners for Transparency and Responsible Governance, have been working on each of these issues. Let's explore those in detail. My name is Karen Guzman, and I'm the Chief of Party of Partners of Transparency, um, a transparency and anti-corruption program funded by USAID in Colombia. The overall ob ob objective of the program is to foster transparency, accountability, the prevention of corruption, civil society participation and civil society oversight, including media, in order to strengthen a more responsive government and governance, both at national and subnational level. And the ultimate purpose is to, to increase trust of the people in state institutions. Increasing trust in state institutions is essential because, as we noted earlier, marginalized communities often struggle to believe the government is out for them. In Colombia, corruption plays a role in fueling this mistrust. Here's Andres Hernandez, Executive Director at Transparencia por Colombia, Transparency International's national chapter in Colombia, and one of the program's partners. He says corruption exacerbates conflict. Corruption has been a tool to make the conflict uh, worse for many years. Before the sign of the peace agreement between the government and the FARC, um, corruption was present in many cases, for example, illicit uh, criminal groups and um, paramilitaries took over specific muni municipalities and managed their budgets or used some um, public budgets, for example, related to health. One of the Key consequences of corruption is that it doesn't allow a uh, proper allocation of public funding and that it also affects uh, public decision making so that those benefits uh, by these uh, decisions are not the population at large, but rather uh, interest groups or, in the worst case, uh, illegal groups. Corruption is not only an economic crime and we should not only look at it as um, a figure uh, in terms of the um, budget or, or the economic impact that it has, but also we need to look at it as a crime that affects, affects human rights, that affects uh, um, the fight against poverty, the need for improved um, equality, 
in our country and uh, the stability of our own democracy. Karen says she's seen firsthand how corruption affects human rights and public services. If health uh, systems are permeated by what they call here corrupt carousels, then you extract uh, the the money and the and the means to to provide uh, necessary medicines or hospital treatment or um, or even hospital construction if you want. Um, in in the educational sector, there's a big big problem in terms of uh, school meals that uh, where the process has been very much permeated by by local uh, local clientelistic structures that have captured these resources and then kids either go hungry or are under, undernourished. Um, infrastructure projects get only halfway through or they become like three or four times more more expensive or certain uh, certain places, carreteras, uh, um, streets or roads haven't been asphalted, although they have been paid for like three times. One of the keys to preventing corruption is improving access to information. Bringing budgets, plans and policies into the light helps reduce clientelistic structures and political favoritism. Transparencia por Colombia has been working on these issues and with better information, Andres says they had been able to monitor public contracts and investments and have seen better journalism. Anti-corruption is about uh, holding power to account. And in order to do that, we need information on how the public powers are taking decisions how money is being allocated. And one key tool that we have had um, since 2014 has been the access to public information uh, law. And this law um, identifies and recognizes the um, right to access to public information uh, as a fundamental right. Access to uh, public information has improved the quality of uh, journalists uh, doing investigations uh, and reporting uh, the performance of um, local mayors and municipalities, um, and in other uh, cases, uh, information, public information, has uh, helped as well to follow up um, the implementation of the peace agreement in Colombia. Partnerships like these help municipal and national governments share information more effectively. Better access to information improves transparency and creates better access to services. Here's Carla again. Uh, those groups that were uh, advocating for changes in Colombia were focusing on the need to increase, in general, access to health, access to education, and access to employability for all the population. And I would say that access to services is a key factor uh, for this uh, disruption and this, uh, at the social level. People... Uh, seek to uh, find, understand, and have better information is very, very much related to health services. Um, and related to these um, other issues of concern for, for citizens in Colombia are um, uh, mostly related to the need of uh, understanding, understanding how to make up good use of public services. All this is based on the need of uh, information. Better information and a more participatory government drive equal access to services. That's because authorities learn to listen to the needs of their constituents and constituents have the information they need to take advantage of public services. Partnerships between local government, NGOs, businesses, and civil society groups facilitate information sharing and help the government learn how to incorporate citizens into their governing process. Here's Karen again. Um, in Buenaventura, 
a career public official from the financial secretariat said, in the beginning, I was really not convinced about everything that you, well, most of the things that you offer it. But through the process, I have learned how important it is to do, for example, participatory budgets, to provide more information to citizen groups, to allow them to participate, to go out of the municipal government housing and go to the, uh, to the, to the neighborhoods in order to actually consult with the people and give the uh, population the possibility to, uh, to talk with public officials. In Colombia, inclusion and participation isn't just a matter of better governance but also a matter of improving security. Juliana Forero Montes, a project leader in a local nonprofit called Cordobas, works specifically to improve civic participation among youth. She says many young people are drawn into gangs and illegal groups through the allure of wealth or job stability. It's up to local communities and governments to provide an alternative. Illegal groups recruit young people. Sometimes, uh, I must say that, the offer of illegal groups is kind of attractive, you know, because they can provide money, they can provide them food, they can provide them uh, some some things that the young people cannot find living in uh, those small towns. This kind of organizations as Cordobas and some others, uh, we try uh, to give them uh, to to the to young people like better options, work together like in, in groups. And, uh, you know, like we try to, to offer them in some way that there are some other better options that to, you know, go to the, to the war or join uh, those kind of illegal groups. Um, so it's like, a, it's really hard work to do uh, because these regions uh, are lacked of, uh, you know, resources, uh, good good job offers, or even um, education uh, chances. For local governments, working with groups like Cordobas can help close some of the inequality gaps and lead to real change among the population. Juliana says she's seen a difference in many of the youth who have participated in her programs. She uh, began, I, I, I think, around 15 years old, maybe 16 years old, I remember. And nowadays, uh, he is uh, 21, 22 years old. And he now is a, a city council candidate. Local partnerships are a crucial part of fostering the participation needed to bring together Colombia's fragmented society. They are helping make government more transparent, increase access to services and information, and bring outsiders into the governing process. Development partnerships like these, which have been catalyzed through USAID, don't just increase economic growth, sustainability, or business profits. They support societies and democracies to grow stronger and hold power to account for the benefit of citizens. Pairing organizations together with different sizes and strengths has meant that Colombia's government at all levels, national and subnational, can benefit from efforts that increase transparency, public service provision and budgeting, and civic participation throughout the country. The Practice of Partnership is a DAI production. Check out our show notes for the links to the research we used in this episode. If you liked the show, leave us a rating, or you can get in touch with me, Megan Howe, on Twitter. For more information, visit our website at dai.com slash practiceofpartnership-podcast. See you next time.